and lives, and uh, we're still a uh, growing <coughs> apostolic legacy, and um, we uh, uh, still have that very sense of, uh, you know, um, uh, we want to have an authentic transformation in this hour. And that becomes important for us, is to have an authentic change. And I realize, you know, uh, I can change the outside. And I understand. And it's not easy. It's not easy to lose weight. It's not easy to change your hair color or, uh, you know, but we're, we're masters at that now. We can, uh, you know, we can uh, uh, pull it and tuck it and uh, stretch it and paint it and dye it. And, and you know, I, you know, we can uh, add and I, I uh, uh, obviously have less hair now than I did 20 years ago. And so uh, you can get hair transplants. I'm not against any of those things that you feel like you need to do uh, to keep your outside looking young, unfortunately or beautiful or handsome or whatever word you want to put in the blank there. But um, there's got to be a change from the inside or we're not really changing. And that becomes sort of the, the, tr the dilemma, if you will, that we are in. And of course, uh, the, the perfect example of an authentic, real transformation is that of a caterpillar, a worm, that eventually changes into a butterfly, changes its whole environment, changes its whole, uh, its, you know, all of a sudden it has wings, all of a sudden from uh, just being on the ground and, and chewing plants, now it is uh, going for the nectar, and now it's uh, looking for flowers, and now it is uh, transformed into a beautiful butterfly. And the word often used in the Bible actually talks. It is that same metamorphosis. It's that same Greek word of a transition, of a change. It says, Paul said in Romans, the first chapter, 12th chapter, the first through the third verses, he says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God. And that word is pretty strong. I, I'm begging you. I'm imploring you. I'm beseeching you by the mercies of God that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. This said from a Jewish man that had been filled with the Holy Ghost, baptized in Jesus' name. Now, rather than a, a sacrifice at the temple, rather than a blood sacrifice, he says our bodies become a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God. And he said, this is simply your reasonable service. Don't be conformed to this world, but be ye, and there's that word, metamorphosed or transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is the good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. For I say through the grace given unto me to every man that is among you not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think. Now that's a hard one because you know at times we don't think of ourselves very highly but yet in reality maybe we do kind of uh, think of ourselves a little more highly than we should at times. But to think soberly, that word soberly there means uh, to think uh, with 
a sense of reality. Think of ourselves and you can, it's made up actually of two words and it means that sense of, of recognizing that, you know, I've got issues and I've got stuff going on and I am real with my thoughts. Because if you're going to have an authentic transformation, you cannot be fake. You cannot pretend. According as God has dealt every man the measure of faith. Now I realize and had a beautiful illustration of follow your pastor and yet we, well, you'll hear me say follow me like Paul said as I follow Christ. I, I doubt whether any man is infallible and I know there are imperfect people. As a matter of fact Paul even mentioned to the Corinthian church but what I do that I do that I will do that I may cut off occasion from them which desire occasion and wherein they glory they may not they may be found even as we are for such are false prophets deceitful workers transforming themselves into the apostles of Christ and no marvel, for Satan himself is transformed into an angel of light. Now, while it used as that same word, it's not a, he is not a complete transformation from the inside out, but that he puts on an outward appearance. Therefore, it is no great thing if his ministers also be transformed as the ministers of righteousness, whose end shall be according to their works. Now that's a little bit hard to understand. I know in that version, it's a King James, and we'll read it in the Revised Standard, which probably goes along with the Greek. Uh, maybe a little clearer. It's an older version as well. But And what I do, I... And what I do, I will continue to do, Paul was saying, in order to undermine the claim of those who would claim that in their boasted mission they work on the same terms as we do. What he was talking about was where he was getting his money because that's where all of a sudden people get real concerned about money and that's a big issue. Well, what are you doing with all the money? What are you doing with all the money? Because I don't think I should give my money. I, that was what they were talking about. Not in this church. We're all good. You all give and I appreciate it. And everyone understands. And we've got uh, all kinds of stuff going on that we're working on. Roof coming and all that. But that, not here. But in the Corinthian church. They were all into the money thing. And so Paul said what I do, I continue to do. I work. I make tents so that I'm going to undermine anybody that wants to point a finger at me. For such men are false apostles, deceitful workers, disguising themselves as apostles of Christ. And no wonder, for even Satan disguises himself as an angel of light. So it is not strange if his servants also disguise themselves as servants of righteousness. Their end will correspond to their deeds. Wow. In other words, at some point, God is going to judge the inside. You can fool me. You can smile. You can shake my hand. You can dress up. And all of you, you know, say, well, we dressed up to see you because we wanted you to see how good we were looking. Probably dressed up for the wrong reason. Should have dressed up to say, 
I'm going to the house of the Lord. I want to look my best, do my best, be my best. Say, well, oh, pastor, I don't want to mess up because I don't want you to be upset. Don't worry about me being upset. At some point, the Lord's going to look. And you got to recognize that's what's going to happen. You say, well, are you saying you're perfect? Are you saying that everybody in church and everybody that I'm speaking to, whether they're online or wherever, are all perfect? I doubt it. <laughs> in fact, I could be real straight and say absolutely not. But what I do know is that we're trying. In fact, in Proverbs it says a just man falls seven times. But what does he do? He gets up again. For the wicked shall fall into mischief. To read that in the Amplified and read a few more verses after it so that it makes it a little easier to understand. It says a righteous man falls seven times and rises again. But the wicked stumble in time of disaster. In time of disaster and collapse. And what we are seeing in our society, in our world, is with all that's going on and the stress and the pressure and what's happening in our society, it's like emotionally we're feeling the pressure. And it doesn't matter whether you're in the medical profession or whether you are, are you know, picking up the trash or whatever in between or any kind of job you want to say you've got. I'm here to tell you we're feeling the stress of it all. And what's going to happen? And what's going to happen to the economy? And I, I, you know, I'll be the first to admit, I, we were trying when my folks got here, we were going to transfer their phones to our phone because we're all in the same house. And, and then COVID happened and we didn't get to. And so I went down and sat in an office for an hour and a half to be told that they couldn't do it there. I had to get online and then I get online. And I have spent in the last two days over eight or ten hours. And you want to know my stress level? <laughs> And I would talk to somebody and I would say, you know, they'd say, well, I'll get right back to you on it. And they'd put me on hold and I'd be on hold for 45 minutes. And then the phone would just go dead. Yeah. <laughs> Anybody know what I'm talking about? And I said, oh, to be able to go into it, you know. They said, well, if you go to one of our corporate stores, we could handle you. I said, great, tell me where one is. Is there one in Heath? No, sorry, that one's closed right now. It won't be open until the middle of July. Well, what about in Mount Vernon? Yes, Mount Vernon has one, but they're not taking appointments right now. We're not ready until the middle of July. What about Lankers? What about, uh, you know, just nowhere. I was just thwarted at every move. So in times of disaster, it's easy to stumble. <laughs> and he goes on, do not rejoice and gloat when your enemy falls. Boy, now that's hard to do, isn't it? <laughs> when somebody you don't like is having problems, it's hard not to go, uh-huh, nanny nanny boo-boo on you. <laughs> I know what you, you got what you're coming to. You made that bed, honey. So don't do that. Don't let your heart be glad in self-righteousness when he stumbles. Yeah, I knew. I knew that bubble was going to break. I knew that one was destined. Huh? That's why he says, you know, 
When we look around, are we all able? Or the Lord will see your gloating and be displeased and turn his anger away from your enemy. Don't get upset because of evildoers. Now I know nobody here has been upset because of all the evildoers they've seen on... Huh? Maybe we ought to get rid of a few of these verses in here. No, we're supposed to be having an authentic transformation. He said, don't get upset because of what you see evil happening. Boy, that's not easy sometimes. Or don't be envious of the wicked. For there will be no future for the evil man. The lamp of the wicked will be put out. My son, fear the Lord and the King. And do not associate with those who are given to change of allegiance. And are revolutionary. Have we seen any people that... You know, they, oh, I love you. No, I don't love you anymore. I love you. No, I don't. Huh? Is that happening in our society, in our world? Change allegiance, revolutionary. We're going to start a revolution. And you say, well, are you saying that all revolutions are bad? I, I'm not telling you, you know, your revolution might be the perfect revolution. But you know what? At the same time, you got to make sure you're having the love of God flow through you. That's the transformation that comes from the inside to the outside. Oh, I, I get it. For their tragedy will rise suddenly. And who knows the punishment that both the Lord and the King will bring on the rebellious. Now... You say, well, why is that important? Because we're supposed to be people of the way. That's what we were called before we were called Christians. You read it in Acts 11 chapter, they were first called Christians. But you read it in chapter 9 when Saul was going out and he was threatening the early church. He said, there are some disciples of the Lord and they are of this way. And that's what they used to call them, the people of the way. That we live a different way. We act a different way. We talk a different way. We look a different way. We are a different way. Amen. We have a different way. We have a different attitude. We have a different spirit. Oh, pastor, we're all Christians. I understand. I, I get it. Christians came later. And I like the phrase Christian. But not everybody that calls himself a Christian understands that there's supposed to be an authentic transformation that happens with Jesus on the inside working on my outside. Jesus himself told him in Matthew, he said, there is a big broad gate. He said, you need to enter into the straight or narrow gate. Because broad is the gate that leads to destruction. And straight is the gate or narrow is the gate that leads into life. And few there be that find it. What are you saying? That we, we can't find this? No. But I'm telling you, it's not easy. You know, whenever you, when you realize, when you read a few verses in Proverbs and all of a sudden the Lord begins to deal with you and say, you know, oh, hey, you need to be careful. You're getting yourself all worked up over nothing. You need to get back into 
this inner transformation. You need to let the Holy Ghost flow. Yes, but you don't know how they've stressed me out. You don't know what they've said. You don't know what I'm going through. You don't know how tough it is right now. You don't know how stupid this is. I'm telling you, this is the most ignorant. And you can find yourself getting all in a kink, huh? And I've got to say, wait a minute. I'm supposed to have an authentic transformation happening on the inside. Why? Because I, I'm not going to take this like everybody else. Why? Well, just, you know, as Paul told the church in Romans, we know, we know that all things, <laughs> we know that all things work together for good to them that love God. To them who are the called according to his purpose. <laughs> he doesn't even stop there. We know that. But he said, for whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed to them. What do you mean? Is that God is trying to get me to be, have a transformation into being like Jesus. And my flesh is against that 100%. I don't want to be transformed into being like Jesus. I don't want to be nice. And when they've stressed me out on the phone, I don't want to say, Lord bless you. <laughs> and when I don't like what's happening, I, I want to get my voice a little staccato and say, this is stupid. You guys need to work on this. Huh? I don't want to get off the phone and say, Lord bless Andy who just cut me off or Frank or whoever. Even if that isn't their name. <laughs> that he might, that he did predestinate us to be conformed to his image of the son. That he might be the firstborn. He came. So that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Moreover, whom he did predestinate, he called. Whom he called, he justified. Whom he justified, he glorified. What shall we say to these things then? If God be for us, if God be for us, if God be for us. What are you saying? I don't know what's going to happen to the church. I don't know when they're going to allow us to, you know, knock doors. When are they going to allow us to have, you know, all the seats open? When are they going to allow? I don't know either. But what I do know, if God be for us, if God be for us, if God be for us, who can be against us? Oh, you say, but pastor, you don't know. I, you don't understand. I, I, I just feel like, you know, I, I have a, one thing after another. And, and it's just the way. And I'm exhausted from the way. And I'm exhausted from the way. have to remember, this might be how God is transforming us to all be ready to say, even so, Lord. The church is going to say that we're going to pray it even so Lord you read the book of Numbers in the Old Testament when they came out of Egypt Moses wrote and it's called their goings out 
according to their journeys by the commandment of the Lord. And these are their journeys according to their goings out. That's in the King James. If you look at it in the Amplified, it said he recorded their points of departure as the Lord commanded, stage by stage. And these are their journeys according to their points of departure. What are you saying? I'm saying to you that I know the Lord brought them out of Egypt and wanted to bring them into the promised land. And I understand that you may think uh, God doesn't know what we're going through, but he actually had Moses record every one of their stages stages when they came to here and what happened when they got there and when they came here and there are 40 of them listed in one short chapter that tells 40 times where the Lord said and they went here and then they went here and then they went here and just gives you a little summary don't think for one moment that God doesn't know where we are and what we're going through and what's happening in the world today I'm telling you he knows but this is part of our transformation it's part of our authentic transformation or it's part of something that just stresses us from the outside oh you say I want to be changed I want to be changed well if you really want an authentic transformation, you have to face the truth. And I read it in some of these verses. You have to quit making excuses. You have to quit ignoring the issues. You have to quit being dishonest. You have to say, well, you know, well, everyone has a problem. Everybody gets mad a little bit. It's okay. No, when the Lord starts dealing with your heart, you got to be honest. Lord, I, okay, I messed up. I'm, I'm trying to change this from the inside out. I'm trying to be real here, Lord. Then you got to be broken and humble. You got to realize I need forgiveness. In fact, I see this piece of paper I, I handed out. I, I got these printed up for you. Anybody that wants to take one when the service is over, you can take it if you want to read them. I even got verses on there for you. Because I think we ought to have an authentic transformation being happening in our lives. You know, oh, I know there are people that put a f facade on and a face and you can smile and say, everything's fine. I'm okay. I'm not as bad as, well, you know, I'm not as bad as so-and-so. There's nothing wrong with me. Everyone is doing, huh? Amen. Now here we are, some of us here in church, but some of us still online. And we're faced with me and me and me and me and me. Am I changing? Or am I putting on a show? Is it from the teeth out? Or is it from the inside out? Oh. You got to embrace the process. It takes time and there are mistakes. You say, well, I want a quick fix. I want it like this. I want a technique. Pastor, give me the three things that I need to do to be a perfect dad. Be, give me the two steps that I need to be to be a perfect husband, a perfect wife. And I know we try to do that and we have things. And give me the five steps and give me the three. I want to tell you something. Sometimes it's not just four steps, five steps, eight steps. And, uh, you know, it's getting real before God on a daily basis saying, Lord, I need you to work on my inside. I may make a mistake, you know, well, it's not going to be by my willpower, you know, I, I can't punish my children into it, I can't punish myself into it. I've seen people say, well, you know, I just am going to punish myself, I'm, I'm so full of guilt. 
You, that won't get it. It's got to be from the inside of the presence of God flowing out to the outside if you're going to have an inner transformation. It's the recognition that we need God's help. Embracing the process and needing the help of God. Not self-help, not self-reliance, not secret struggles. You know, there are some people that, I don't want anybody to know what I'm feeling. I don't know anybody. And I want to tell you that you'll never have an authentic transformation because part of it is the Lord's going to use his body. He talks about it, well, about praying for the sick. And why do those, there are some that are sick and, and weak among you is because they don't discern the body of Christ. I can give you a lot of verses on it. What are you saying? I've got to tell everybody all my problems? No, but you've got to be real enough before God. You've got to find somebody in your life that's part of the body that you can say, pray with me, pray for me. I need to be accountable. I need to be real. Why? Because it's an inside out change. Inside out to the outside. What are you saying? Outward appearance, reputation, worried more about what others think of me rather than to getting it right on the inside. That's not real transformation. I got to reach the point, and I hope we do, where it doesn't matter what anybody thinks of me. I'm here to get a blessing. I need a change. I need to have a change in my life. I need to have these spirits that are overtacking my mind and heart. The anger and the frustration and the, huh? And the bitterness. And I, oh, I'm still angry at what my dad did to me 40 years ago and 50 years ago. What happened in 70? I want to tell you at some point, the Lord's trying to wash all of that out and cleanse all of that and say, I'm going to work on you from the inside to the outside. I want you to be whole. I want you to be another Jesus. You say, oh, well, you, you, Jesus didn't have any dark days. Well, read John the 16th chapter and 17th chapter and the last few hours before he was crucified. I don't know that I've had a dark day. I don't know that I've had a frustrating day to match that one. <laughs> I mean, you know, your own disciples sleeping on you. People kissing you. And, uh, huh? Betraying and backstabbing and, and abandoning. Oh, not my will. What are you saying? I got to have a transformation that I have a different response to what's going on. Oh, they're dirty dogs. I hate every one of them. I can't wait to put it on Facebook that I hate them all. They're all a bunch of jerks. They're all ridiculous. I don't like them. They're all phony. They're all... Let me tell you, you haven't had a transformation. Why? Because it's not about who I point out is what. It's about, Lord, I need it from myself. I've got to have something real in my heart and in my life. I've got to have the gift of the Holy Ghost flowing out of me. Why you need the body. Oh, it's easy to be judgmental and critical, lone ranger, unkind, not willing to forgive, not having grace or mercy for anybody else. Well, you see, that's why the Lord would say, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. It's not that 
it's not that you're not saved. You gotta get off of that word, but it's the the process. What what let me let me explain what, what I mean. It's not a cookie cutter right program. And I understand we talk about repentance and baptism in Jesus' name, and those are great steps to getting in connection with the church and the body and what the early church had and needs, and you all need it. I need it. We've got to have those individual steps, but that's not where it stops, folks. It doesn't stop when you get the Holy Ghost. It doesn't stop when you've been baptized. It doesn't stop when you repent of your sins. It's the way. It's the way. It is the way. And that's what goes on. Oh, you say, well, it's not possible. It's not possible. I, I want to tell you, it is possible. There are too many people that, it, you know, the woman at the well, then Jesus tells her, go and sin no more. How could she do that? A perfect, beautiful example is Zacchaeus and all the children. Remember the story of Zacchaeus? Zacchaeus was a wee little man. And a, he climbed up in the Lord he and the Lord comes by and as he passed by the Lord what did he say Zacchaeus you come down I'm going to your house today remember that little song the Lord wants to come to everybody's house I know this is his house and I respect his house and I try to do all that I can to respect his house but there is a house he wants to visit more than this house and that's your house wherever you are it's your house and what did he do Zacchaeus was a tax collector and for those of you who don't know how tax collectors work let me tell you what it is the government tells you tells me says listen okay you owe us uh, a thousand denarii and we're, we want a thousand denarii so I get my four people here that are five we'll just do five I get five of you and so normally it would be I need 200 from you 200 from you 200 from you 200 from you 200 from you, 200 from you. except that's not how tax collectors worked in that day. They didn't keep records. So I tell you, I need 400 from you. I need 300 from you. I need 600 from you. I need 1,000 from you. And I need 500 from you. And I give Rome their 1,000. And the rest of it goes in my pocket. Now you guys go out to your districts and you tell them, because I told you a number, you got to get your number plus some for you. Amen. That's how it worked in Rome. doesn't work that way in ours now, of course. We don't have people living off the government or none of that. It's all kosher. But Zacchaeus was a tax collector. He was Jewish and the Jews hated him because they knew where he got his money. And the Bible says that people began to talk when Jesus said, I'm going to your house. And they said, he's going to be a guest with sinners. With a man that's a sinner. And Zacchaeus said, Lord, you know what? I'm going to give half of my money to the poor. 
And if I've shortchanged anybody, the law says I have to pay them double. I'm going to give them four times. I'm going to double the double. And what did Jesus say when he heard Zacchaeus say that? Salvation has come to your house. Why? Because you changed your way. There was a transformation. This was before the Holy Ghost, folks. You want to talk about after the Holy Ghost? I'll give you a few and then we're, I'm through. I, I know. I don't, I don't want to. I'm, I'm through. This is the last slide. I appreciate you staying on. John was known as a son of thunder. You know what that means? Angry, bitter, yelling, screaming. What did he become? The guy that talked about love more than anybody else called himself the disciple that Jesus loved. Simon Peter was a cussing fisherman. Not all fishermen cuss, but you know, they may stretch the truth. But fish that got away. I was fishing with some guys once up in boundary waters between Minnesota and Canada and wonderful and we caught lots of, I don't even want to go into the whole fishing story but a guy said well let me take a picture of your fish and so I held it up he said no hold it toward the camera <laughs> he said you don't know how to do this hold it toward the camera it makes it look bigger I'll get around I said oh cool and man, it did. All of a sudden, this fish became this fish. Wow. And it was supposed to be a smallmouth bass, but it, became, it grew. Wow. He resisted the Lord. He was quick to tell the Lord, don't say that. You didn't do this. Here's what we need to do. Yet he became the man to preach on the day of Pentecost. The Lord entrusted him. Oh, what are you talking about? I'm here to tell you a transformation can happen. Oh, you say, well, is it a process? Does he know my goings? Does he know? Yes. And you got to keep repenting. Yes. You got to keep asking the Lord to touch you. Yes. Paul was a Jewish zealot that was so self-righteous and full of pride. When you read it, he was so, he was so angry. He hated the early Christians. He was the one that said, breathing out threatenings and slaughters, kill every one of them. And yet he ended up writing more books of the Bible than anybody. Became the biggest Christian, if you will, that we would face. What are you saying? I'm saying today that transformation is possible. Authentic, real transformation. The first step is to humble yourself and say, I need Jesus on the inside. I need to be buried in his name. I need his spirit inside. I've got to get it on the inside to help work on the outside. 
It's not my willpower, and I know we do the Axe program, and we, we have that going on, and we, we do that, and we, we try to encourage folks, and we will, we will set up accountability people with you, and if you've got a situation, go, we'll do all of our, but that's part of the body. We look at it as part of our responsibilities, but I'm going to tell you, it can't come from the outside to the inside. It's got to start on the inside and work its way to the outside. That's why I'm telling you it's not a bunch of rules. It's not a bunch of laws. It's not a bunch of do this and do that. Oh yeah, well we have a this and we're we're we bound by a law to you know block off every row of seats right now. And I understand laws and I understand rules and I understand regulations, but I'm here to tell you that the real transformation happens when a person remembers all who died for him and say raises their hand and begins to say, Lord, I need you working on my inside. I need you working on my inside. I need you working on my mind. I need you working on my spirit. I need this Lord. Hallelujah. Would you stand? If you don't have the Holy Ghost this morning, I'm here to tell you, you can have the Holy Ghost. A man that called himself the chiefest of sinners. The Old Testament prophet Hosea, and we know the story, those of you who are Bible scholars know how the Lord told him to take a wife and how she went and she would leave him and then she would go down and go to the red light district and come back and it was just this constant back and forth. Hosea wrote these words, I will go and return to my place till they acknowledge their offense. And seek my face. In their affliction, they will seek me early. I don't know what COVID is doing, why it's in God's plan like it is. I wish I could tell you exactly what's going to happen. But I know God has allowed all of this. You read it in the Amplified, those same words I will go away and return to my place on high until they acknowledge their offense and bear their guilt and seek my face in their distress they will earnestly seek me I, I'm praying that's what happens I'm praying that in this distress people will start to seek God that's when authentic transformation can happen oh you say, well, they're just fake. It's just fake. They don't, oh God, I pray our churches fill up. I pray online. I pray people realize what's going on. Do you think everybody will know? I know it's going to be straight as the gate, narrow as the way. I wish I could say it's going to be everybody. There's going to be a mass revival and 315 million Americans are going to repent of their sins and get baptized. I don't know that I believe that'll happen. But what I do know is there are still some folks that need to be transformed by the power of Almighty God. Our job is to be a Jesus to them. Our God job is to show the love of Jesus to them. Let's raise our hands. If you need the Holy Ghost, come. Oh, hallelujah.